0: I'm Patrick. And I'm Alex. And this is Swirl Talk 901. Thank you for joining us. Um, This is a very interesting episode because I am here all by my lonesome. Well, of course, Janet from HR is here, but she will not be talking. Uh, It'll strictly be me. Always watching, though. Yeah, always watching, but never talking. You're not supposed to talk, so there you go. But yeah, Um, so this episode is special because it's just me by myself, and that means I I get to do my own Winty witty banter back and forth with myself, which is always fun. Um, they say that the true sign of insanity is someone who answers their own questions and expects something different sometimes. And so that's me. That'll be this will be very interesting today. So today, what we're going to talk about is stupid people. And by stupid people, we're going to talk about the Republican Party, uh, the Tennessee legislation, House of whatever they are. See, I'm not one of those people who is extremely intelligent and keeps up with current political news and stuff like that. And that's because I had a stroke. And due to my stroke, uh, my stroke was caused by frustration, my over-excessiveness into doing everything for everyone and stuff like that. And it caused my my head to go, okay, it popped. I popped a blood vessel and there you go. So it caused a stroke. So I learned that I don't care about shit. I don't care about this person's situation. I don't care about that person's situation. Unless it's my life and these people are close to me, I don't care. I can say no now and not feel the least bit of um, agitation or guilt or any of those crappy feelings people feel when they have to tell people, no, I don't do that. So there you go. But the reason I'm going to talk about this today, and this might be because the, the young man that this is happening to shares my name. We are of no relation to each other, as far as I know. Um, he is from Memphis, but I've never met him. And he's, he's young and I don't really, we're not a part of the same crowd or whatever, but his name is Justin Pearson. And Justin Pearson is a democratic representative of Tennessee. So he goes up to Nashville I don't even know how often they meet, but he goes up there and he he likes to make a little noise and raise a ruckus. And those are all good things that we feel that our leaders need to do, especially now in this day and age. So Justin and Justin went up there and there's also another Justin, Justin Jones, who is a representative of Nashville. He's up there as well. And they go up there and they as a former protest due to the current gun laws that um, Tennessee has, and especially due to the recent killings in March that happened, they were in protest of of the current laws. And while they're up there, and apparently there was a slight bit of a hustle or a tussle between Justin and a Republican uh, representative up there, and they almost came to blows. And so... Today I was trying to figure out what we were going to do. Our guest uh, we were going to have had something come up, so she had to cancel. So she asked to reschedule. Of course, I said yes because that's the kind of host I am. I'm, I'm super friendly and honest and nice to people. So I let them cancel. It's all right. But so I was like, John, what should I talk about today? And John was like, Well, I want to talk about this. I was like, Okay, you know, whatever. We'll we'll figure it out. And then she canceled, and so now I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it. I was like, John, you feel like talking today? It's like, no, the kid's in the other room. I don't feel like talking. I was like, well, I'll just talk to my damn self. There you go. And hopefully you guys will listen and enjoy it and, and get something out of this. But explain something to me. I need to know why people are so dead set. And I say dead set because dead is what, Is happening to people um, dead set against creating rules for guns. I don't get it. I don't understand what the problem is. Um, If a white person were to go up into a school and kill multiple people and then leave and, and get away with it, oh, wait, that is happening. That's happening every couple of months. It's happening at least... 17, 18 times in the last year. And those are ones that are big news ones. We've got people walking on campuses killing people. We've got people walking on church grounds killing people. We've got people walking in schools and killing people. We've got constant, constant, constant stories and, and articles and news footage of children running for their lives because a gunman has entered a school. And, and I know it's not only white people. I get that. I know it's not only white people, but the majority of it is. So I would think, as an able-bodied person, that we would try our best to think of ways to prevent this from happening. I would think that. But instead, we have politicians and lawmakers making it even easier for people to to go into these areas, these heavily populated areas with these guns, and they're not just regular guns. It's not like someone has a six-shooter, a six-piece shooter. I don't even know what they're called, a six-shooter or something like that. They have semi-automatic weapons. And we're talking guns with scopes, guns with laser pointers, all this shit on it. And they're killing people. And they're not killing an average man, they're killing women and children in schools, they're killing people in churches, they're killing people in shopping centers, stuff like that. And it, it, it honestly makes me think, why? Why does this keep happening? I worked for a high school for several years, and there was maybe two or three times that the school had to be locked down for some reason. Uh, it was mostly due to something that happened around the area, or outside of the school. It very rarely had to do with something within the school. But we we knew exactly what to do because we had been trained on what to do, and kids knew what to do because they had learned this for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years on how to 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 bolt up windows or block windows so people can't get in how to slide stuff up to doors so that people cannot get in, how to avoid being anywhere where you can be seen so that you're not possibly shot. Because rarely do people go in there with an intent to kill a specific person. They're going in there with the intent to kill as many people as possible to become famous, I want to say. I don't don't even know if they want fame or or notoriety. They just want to do it. When I was a god, freshman or sophomore in college, Colaban happened. And I remember sitting in my dorm room and just watching those kids climb out of windows, climb down, run out and pack, run out in single file, because of course, even then they had to be well organized and how to get away from gunmen safely. And it's it's absolutely insane to me to think about how these young people barely can know they don't know how and I don't want to say they don't know how to read or write because they know how to read or write. But that's essentially what they are learning in school nowadays is how to avoid being killed by some idiot gunman. And this is crazy. So Justin Pearson, he's in Nashville, and he is rallying at a special session called by Governor Bill Lee, and he is basically they're trying to figure out the best way to create laws in response to the Covenant school shooting, which was this school shooting in Nashville that happened where um, three nine-year-old students and three staff members were killed in March. And we're told that while everybody, both sides, Republicans and Democrats, want to create laws to better circumvent something like this from happening again, it's still happening. It's still... It's still necessary that we're talking about this. When... um, 9-11 9-11 happened. The next day, they basically shut down airports all over the country, all over the world. Well, all over the country. I can't speak against the world, but all over the country. And they had instant laws set up to where you could not, instead of being able to go and greet your family at the gate, you had to wait on the other side of the airport for them to get off the plane and and stuff like that. You couldn't see them off on the plane, things like that. But here, in, we cannot get basic laws to prevent people under the age of 21 to get guns. We can't create laws that prevent people with some um, mental and emotional issues, prevent them from getting guns. We can't create laws that prevent Jimmy Crack Corn and his whole militia attitude from taking his entire family out to a rally where they need guns to protect themselves against people who have no guns. They need their six-year-old child to have a semi-automatic weapon on Christmas Day to open and hold up and smile for the camera, but they can't prevent they can't help create laws that prevent people from being killed. And so every both sides are basically arguing over the same thing. They're saying they want stricter laws. they want, um, they want to argue. They want, they want to prevent people from dying. But then you have one side, and I can say the Republican side because that's who it is, who is like, well, we need to think of other ways to prevent this from happening. Okay, well, what, what kind of ways do they feel that they should do? And they're like, we should have armed guards at the schools. Okay. Well, that's why the police are there. I, I know at my school, we had several um, Shelby County police officers and we had two Memphis City police officers. Cause I was in a district, I was in the school district, but we were at a school that was a former county school. So we got both. Um, so that that's not it. And then they're like, well, maybe you should arm the teachers. Oh, well, that makes sense. let's let's give a person who has little to no uh, experience with guns. Let's give them guns and have them in a room full of children because accidents don't happen, and that nothing could possibly go wrong there. Let's do that. And it, it just it makes little to no sense to me to say that in order to prevent people from dying, we need to give more people weapons to kill. That's that's basically what this law, or what they're working towards. Now, of course, I'm speaking in general terms. I'm saying this as someone who has no experience in the, well, that's not true. I do have experience in the criminal system. But... I just I know that I have little to no experience in the in the legislative world that is the Tennessee legislative. I can't tell people how to create laws. I can't tell people what to do or what to say to make them uh, make people feel safer. True, but what I can do is say what I think would be smarter. Do I feel we need stricter gun laws? Yes. Do I feel that we need ways to get guns off the streets? Yes. But what's happening is the people who are going into these schools and killing all these children and teachers and and sometimes just random strangers are not your quote-unquote gangbangers. They're not the people out there killing young young people on the street these are people who legally have their guns going into there and killing multiple people and they are they're basically they're, now I will say some of them are not getting away with it some of them are killed on site or something like that which is good or bad however you choose to look at it I choose to look at it as good there you go But they're not all getting that final justice. And I do call it final justice because that's what it is. They're not all getting that. Some of them are still sitting in jail um, after being taken to Burger King to get something to eat. Or being taken in as peacefully as possible. Because even though they killed multiple people, they deserve a... I don't even know what to call it. They They deserve the ability to go to a courtroom and have their face plastered everywhere. And they deserve the right to be judged by their peers. And they deserve the right for us as a taxpayer to be okay for the next 40, 50 years sitting in a prison, eating three square meals, watching cable TV, and getting exercise. They deserve that. They're so lucky. They deserve that. Whereas the 6 to 8 to 10 to 12 to 50 people that they killed don't get to go home. Their families don't get to see them grow older. Their families don't get to see them get married. They don't get to see them experience life as well. As, as the way they should experience it because Billy Bob was upset because his child didn't get a scholarship because some, somebody else got one, or Mary Catherine was upset because her, her frappuccino was wrong or whatever nonsense they came up with that decided that they needed to go out and do these things. They didn't get. They don't get to live, but other people do. Does that is that fair? No, by no stretch of the imagination is it fair. So, and I say all this to go back to uh, Mr. Pearson and Mr. Davis, who, if you recall, or Mr. Jones, I apologize, Mr. Pearson, Mr. Jones, who, if you recall, were dismissed from uh, the Tennessee legislative uh, about, it was the beginning of this year, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, it was the beginning of this year because uh, basically standing up for the rights of the underlying people, those people who have no voices, those people who are not heard, those people who are killed out in the streets for no reason just for being African-American or just for being... And, and I can say African-American because I'm African-American and, and that's what's happening to us. We're killed on the streets for no reason. But yeah, the, these two young men are actually fighting this fight. They're actually arguing for our cause and for our rights. And and now they're speaking for children. They're speaking for teachers. They're speaking for the those people who are not rich white men on... Capitol Hill some days or on Tennessee, Capitol Hill, wherever they are, they're speaking for those people and yet they're constantly getting pushback. They're constantly getting... They're, they're, they're constantly being battled for doing the things that we want them to do. Um, John and I, we were, as we were discussing this, he was saying how pissed he was about the situation. And my response was, you know, he, he mentioned how um, Mr. Pearson was pushed in the in the capital or whatever. I don't even know if it's natural the Capitol of Tennessee. I don't know. See that's there it is. Okay, good. See that, that's how little I know about this stuff. But he was pushed and it was on it was it was televised and everything. And I said maybe he should have fought back. Maybe he should have maybe he should have given the people's elbow. Maybe he should have socked some jaws. Now, do I think he would have made it out of that situation on un, un, unwell? Yes, of course. That would have been just the excuse they needed to get him out of that position, and that would have been it. But the thing that really grits me is that. Clearly the people want him there fighting for them. They had a re-election. He and Mr. Jones were brought back. So clearly, people want him in those positions. And he needs to be there. He needs to fight for us. He needs to fight for those people who don't have who don't have a voice. So I'm all for that. But the question is now, what do we do to help? those kids that are going to school every day, not sure if they're going to live or die, who are going into school every day, who know the immediate response if they hear three bells in quick succession. When I was in school, that meant she transferred class. Not anymore. Now that means teachers need to lock their doors, teachers need to turn down the lights, teachers need to close the blinds, Kids need to go to the furthest part of the room and hide because there's a gunman on campus. There's something unsafe happening on campus, and it's nothing against Shelby County Police or Memphis City Police, but when you have a campus of over a 1,000 children, three of you cannot protect a 1,000 kids. I understand that. You understand that. We understand that. But why should you why should you be put in that situation where that's what you have to do when we need to figure out a situation to where they don't need you to do that so how do we fix this honestly don't know um my my automatic response would be to get rid of all guns make it to where the police don't even have them. But of course, that leaves us up the huge political powers that might take that as a sign of weakness. And so they come over here and they, they bomb us and all that good stuff, whatever, whatever. I, I can't really explain what they need to do to fix that situation. But what I can say is making it easier for someone who had a bad day to go out and get a gun not the smartest thing to do. Making it easier for some kid who's pissed because he didn't get a scholarship um, to go out and get a gun, that's not the right thing to do. We need to come up with better plans or better laws or, or better ideas to help people who need I don't even know if he's talking to, who needs someone to help them to deal with whatever issues they're feeling, that instead of dealing with it themselves, they feel they have to go and hurt other people. I am currently in school to become a social worker. And people ask me, why do I want to be a social worker? I honestly have no idea. It it was not the it was not the uh, initial career path for me growing up. Um, I I wanted to be an attorney growing up. My grandmother used to say you'd be a great attorney because you argue all the time. All you like to do is argue, and she still says that. And I love you, Grandma. Thank you for saying that. Um, but attorney was not in my was not in my plan. So then I was like, I want to be a teacher. And that actually still could happen. I I don't really see it happening, but it could happen. But then one day when I decided to go back to school, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into social work. And the initial reason for that was because I do it every day. In some way, shape, or form, I attempt to help people in my life, help people with their situations or or whatever. And I do it because, one, it's not that I feel that I'm a good person and I want to help the world. That's not it at all. It's honestly because if I help them, they'll stop asking me for help. It's completely selfish, completely. It, it it doesn't make sense to anybody, but it's honestly like, if I help you in this way, maybe you won't need my help in another way. You talk to my friends and they tell you that they see me as a social worker and they see me as someone who can help people. And I was like, really? Helping people in their life? You do it every day, but not because I want to. And they're like, Well, there you go. <laughs> nobody gets into social work because they're trying to make money. Lord knows that's not true. Because or Lord knows that's true because I mean the the median um, income or, or or almost suggested income for a social worker is fifty thousand, which is still slightly more than some teachers make, which is absolutely baffling of the mind but whatever that's that's not the point the point is is that social work is what i'm trying to do because i want to help people help themselves i want to convince people that they don't need other people or they don't need other things to help them to overcome situations that they're in and this is where there's drug abuse alcohol abuse whether it's mental emotional physical sexual whatever abuse they're feeling or dealing with That is what I am trying to help them to overcome so that they can be better, more productive people, and they won't need other people. There's nothing wrong with needing people. There's nothing wrong with wanting help. There's nothing wrong with needing help. But it's when it becomes a crutch that it becomes the problem. And that's why social work is the career for me, I feel like, one day. Eventually. We'll see if that happens but right now the problem is trying to figure out how we can help those people who don't feel that they're getting what they need in this world so that causes them to go out and harm other people in retaliation to try to feel some unknown need I feel like it's it's almost like you want to hurt others to heal yourself. And there's that saying, hurt people, hurt others. And I'm like, I've never really understood that. But if you think about it in life, it's true. If you feel like your life is in the pits, if you feel like your life is going to crap, What better way to make you feel better about yourself than to make others feel less than you? To make others feel absolutely shitty so that your life is slightly better. You're like, well, at least I'm not this person. It's crazy that it all comes down to being aware of how our lives have to be in order to make sure that we are okay people. We have to, we have so many things that we have to do to allow ourselves to be of a better mindset, to be of a better physical, mental, emotional health, spiritual health, in order to allow us to not be complete and utter dicks to the world. It doesn't take much to be helpful. It doesn't take much to not run down someone in the street just because you're pissed off. Just because something happened to you, you decide, well, I'm going to kill this person because I'm in a pissy mood. That's, That's a shitty way of thinking. Why not just I don't want to say that because then I'll be canceled and I'm not trying to do that. But why do something to someone else because you feel bad about yourself? It doesn't make sense. And of course, this whole podcast was created in order to make myself and and Alex and Mary feel a little bit better about what was going on in the world during the time that we created it which was right in the, the thick of the, the pandemic when everybody had a whole lot of time for self-reflection, you didn't have shit else to do. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't talk to anybody. I mean, you could talk to them on the phone and stuff like that. But after five months, that got really boring. So it's like, all we could do is just like, hey, let's talk to each other about how shitty things are. And then we might feel better. And we did feel better but we also didn't have to go out and kill anybody to make ourselves feel better or not kill anybody that you all know about. Not speaking, just saying, (laughs) but I mean, we didn't, we didn't go out and, and, and try to run down anybody. We didn't go out and try to shoot up anything and stuff like that. We, we built something that we felt would help us ultimately help us. And that's what the world needs to do. They need to create things to help others, not create things to hurt others or try to figure out ways to make others feel like absolute shit. Um, uh, politicians, they... they There's a song... Um, oh, gosh, I, I wish I could remember who sang it. Uh, it and it was like... Teenagers scared the living shit out of me, and it was it was one of those things where it was just like, and I'm just like, how did teenagers scare the shit out of you, when well, you got people living on Capitol Hill who have been on Capitol Hill for the last fifty years? Fifty years they've been working to make the world a, or make this country a better place, and their efforts or whatever, and constantly just like, it it. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. So hopefully, in my ramblings of this episode, because this is a very different episode, <laughs> it was definitely different, and I, I wish that um, I wish that there could have been somebody on the other side, being like, Patrick, you need to jump back on track or whatever. To just sort of, sort of you know pull me back in or, or hear me, just uh, I hope that in today's times that we use a little bit more compassion, if only to prevent others from suffering due to our inability to love ourselves, because that's ultimately what it's about. It's a lack of love towards yourself or a feeling towards yourself that causes you to lash out against others. Hopefully, you are willing to show yourself enough love to prevent you from becoming this person who feels they have to take their pain out on others. Yeah. That's that's all I have to say about today's episode. Um. This is Patrick saying, "Just stop being dicks." That's that's all, that's really all I can say. Stop being a dick. You you don't have to be a dick to yourself. You don't have to be a dick to others. Just stop being a dick. And just please stop being a dick. That's all I can. Say. Just please stop being a dick. Thank you for listening to Swirl Talk 901. Have a good one. Swirl Talk 901 is a production of TJB Production Group, created and hosted by Patrick Pearson and Alex Carpenter. Produced, edited, and engineered by John Burnett.